superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome. It's the Rich Eisen Show basketball podcast. Uh, coming to you, as always, on a Wednesday. We are smack dab in the middle here, the NBA playoffs, and they have been awesome so far. Can't wait to talk to you guys. Uh, about it all, and of course, we'll hit on winning time before we get out the door. TJ, Adam are here. What's up, fellas? I mean, are my entire championship hopes about to go in flames because of a big thumb? Because it seems <laughs> like that's the case, right? <laughs> Is that where you want to start? You want to start with that, or you want to start with Ja, Adam? Well, I, hello, Adam. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, my team's about to be eliminated tonight. But By the way, both okay. of you guys can get that's eliminated. Okay. No, I can't. Well, not tonight. Well, not tonight, but maybe this week. Adam, you're definitely getting eliminated tonight. Oh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy the last game of the season and uh, enjoy the rest of the playoffs after that without my team in it. Let's just start with the Bulls then, I guess. They play tonight. Uh, are they in Milwaukee or are they on the road? Where is it? Where is that game tonight? Yeah, it's in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. It's in tonight. Milwaukee. So that's basically over. No Alex Caruso still dealing with uh, concussion uh, and concussion protocols. And then Zach Levine is in COVID protocols for like the fourth time this year. What is going on with that? Like, that's so bizarre. Uh, is he vaccinated? He must be. Yeah, he, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm assuming he is. But, but he just keeps, get, keeps getting it and going into protocol. It's so bizarre. COVID. I feel bad because, like, the Bulls season, you guys definitely overachieved to start the year. You're one of the top teams in the league. Levine and DeMar DeRozan, just a phenomenal duo. De- DeMar was probably the best free agent signing of the year. Yeah. And then you had so much fun – uh, supporting cast. Alex Caruso was a great signing, and he had a great year until he got injured, and Lonzo Ball was just such a great addition as well. Like, the Bulls team was such, was really well-constructed. Pat Williams was, I don't want to step on it. I mean, this is your team, but like, to just see it kind of unravel like this in the playoffs has to be disappointing. That's all I'm getting at. Yeah, weird season. Started off, you know, with a lot of optimism with how well the team was playing. But then just injuries plagued the team the whole year. Patrick Williams was out the entire year, pretty much. Lonzo was out a good portion of the season, didn't get to play in the playoffs. Zach was, has been consistently hurt with with his knee stuff. Apparently, there's a rumor he's going to be getting knee surgery after the season. So who knows what's going to happen with him in terms of the Bulls signing him to a long-term deal. I'm on the fence if the Bulls should sign him to a max contract right now. The problem is the Bulls are kind of in a rock between a rock and a hard place with Zach Levine because I don't think he's necessarily a max player, but they're not going to be better without him. So they might be forced to sign him to a max deal, and I'm nervous about the injuries. So, you know, I think Billy Donovan's a really good coach. I think overall the season has been a success. We made the playoffs. I don't think a lot of people thought that we would make it this year. Um, 
it's always good to get the young guys playoff experience also patrick williams only 20 years old i think he has a bright future he's not ready for the moment right now but he's had a couple of good games against milwaukee uh kobe white has been very inconsistent i don't know if he's part of the bulls long-term future he's just too inconsistent really good shooter he can develop into a good six man on another team eventually um so overall you know i'm not disappointed with what's happened in this series i i got my hopes up after game two after we split the first yeah uh, absolutely but you know overall i said before this the series i'd be happy happy if we'd we'd win one game and we've won a game so i'm not really even angry honestly yeah yeah it's just it's kind of a bummer just kind of limp out of the play yeah. you, you wanted to put up more of a fight especially like you said after game two to steal one in milwaukee and you're like oh my god here we go can we win this and then just absolutely get blown out by 30 in game three. I just I just didn't see any of that coming. Yeah, I mean, we had our hopes up because Middleton got injured. And so as a Bulls fan, I was like, wow, like we actually might have a chance. At least yeah. we can split the games at home. In games three and four at the United Center were just crap. Just, just duds, yeah. Just total duds, just yeah. laid, laid eggs in both games. Milwaukee adjusted their defense against DeMar DeRozan off the pick and roll. And their role guys, Bobby Portis and Grayson Allen, have been great. Yeah, and yeah. those are the guys they needed to step up. So it's going to be fun to watch the Celtics and Bucks in the next round. Yeah. And um, we'll see what happens with Middleton. If he doesn't come back, those those guys have to maintain that play or else they'll get destroyed by the Celtics. Yeah. Let's, okay, let's, TJ, let's talk about the Sixers. Uh, 3-0 uh, start to that series. Just dominant. Max dominant. was amazing. Uh, Embiid was showing why he was an MVP Probably the probably going to be runner up to Jokic and MVP. Um, and then this thumb just kind of came out of nowhere after the game winner that he hit. It just like popped up. Hey, Embiid's having an MRI in his thumb, and it was kind of a, uh oh, that can't be good. Yeah, well, you could tell he hurt the thumb. It could have even been before the game, but the thumb was definitely hurt before he took that shot in, yeah. that game, in game three. Yeah. You know, it's just another case of the playoffs. It's very crucial, right? You have to be a good team, obviously, to go far in the NBA playoffs. But also, you need a ton of luck in the form of good health. And it's just just so hard with so many games just to, to go from start to finish healthy. And right now, like I said, at the beginning of this, it looks like his entire hour, I should say, entire season is going to rest on his very large, uh, I believe it's his right thumb. Yeah. And they're saying... Yeah, on shooting hand. Yeah, yeah. on the shooting yeah. hand, they're saying that... Um, it's always weird because they say it can't get further damage, which I always find weird. Like, I'm sure it could get hurt more, but he's like, going to... Like, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> and, I, and I said that yesterday on the big show, and someone was like, well, no, it could get hurt more. And I'm like, yeah, I know it could. That's what they are saying. He's going to have to get surgery after the season, so he's just going to have to play through it. And I'm sure Joel, he's a big man. Pain tolerance is probably very high. But the fact of the matter is when you watch him, he's very having a hard time gripping the basketball, yeah. which is kind of a necessity if you're going to shoot the basketball. <laughs> so it's you know it's just one of those things, guys, where you know I'm a Clipper fan, I'm a Sixer fan, and every year injuries seem to curtail one or two of these teams. And right now, because... Maxi, who I told you months ago, we we definitely need to keep, right? He's showing why he was a player. Sixers are very high on, high energy guy, brings a lot to the table. But he's probably a little too young right now at this point in his career to be that official number two guy. That's why you had James Harden. Problem being, James Harden, we're getting a version of James Harden that's not the version that 
you'd want to be seeing in this situation. And until, you know, unless Harden turns a corner and really steps his game up, the Sixers are in trouble against the Heat next round. And that is providing we get through this first round, which, you know, statistically speaking, you would think they will being up 3-0, but you just never know, right? Yeah, obviously it's never happened. A 3-0 comeback has never happened. It's only happened in hockey and baseball once. And then even 3-1 is statistically unlikely it's like something like 95 percent or something of of three ones but the problem with that statistic is you have a coach who was on the wrong side of that three times so those statistics kind of that number is ballooned i'm not good at math but i'm just i would think that the number balloons which is crazy actually right before we went on a doc was speaking this afternoon and uh kind of threw those teams under the bus a little bit like kind of like skirted his his part in the Mm -hmm. three ones he was like, well, in Orlando, we were the eighth seed. And then look at the roster we had. Like, I mean, he, that's a good point. Basically, like, that. we shouldn't even have been up 3-1. And then, the, and then the first Clippers won. He was like, Chris Paul didn't play games one and two. And then he was running around on one leg the rest of that series. Also true. And yeah. then the last series, he's like, we just blew it. And then that's, that's true. They yeah. did just blow it. So, you know, Doc has a history here. But I'm just trying to we, – we mentioned it on the big show yesterday, Adam, is like – this Philly James Harden thing is really real. Like looking at his numbers, he's shooting thirty-seven percent in, in this in this playoffs. If you take out his seven for thirteen game, the overtime win in Game Three, he's under thirty percent. He's not getting to the free throw line. Which is uh, a huge only part had of his du- game. only had double digit free throws in one game, Game Four. Uh, and he's not scoring. He only his high is twenty two, in game four and game one. What is going on with this dude? That's a really good question because I remember when the the trade first happens, we were all excited. Yeah. We thought oh that my he would, God. remember yeah. remember we were talking oh, about it absolutely that, that he would thrive in the pick and roll with Embiid. And I'm pretty sure the first couple of games he had with Philadelphia, he played great monster games. And I don't really know what's happens. I mean. It's definitely since he joined the Nets, I think that there's been a a decline, at least athletically, from his prime with the Rockets. So maybe it's just come to a point where he's played enough games where this is now where we're seeing James Harden post-prime. And it's just we're seeing in real time the the decline of a once-great player becoming not such a great player anymore. And I don't know if it's the system that isn't working or, you know, he's out of shape. I don't even think it's... I don't think he's necessarily out of shape or anything like that. I, I I just think he's just maybe just not as good as we expected from him, and he's just not the superstar he is anymore. And so, it's it's tough for Philadelphia because you thought you were getting another bona fide superstar, and he's you just thought not, you're getting a top ten player. He's just not that yeah. guy, and maybe it'll take another off season uh, playing in that system to really thrive for him. I'm not counting that he'll just be you know playing this bad forever. But it might take another offseason for him to develop chemistry with these guys to become a more consistent player. Yeah, so we don't me- really know. Yeah, we mentioned it, TJ, at the trade, you know, when it went down, there was only, what, 20, 25 games? Maybe 24, I think. Left yeah. in the regular season then. Yeah. You know, and obviously not enough time to fully, fully gel, but you can kind of get a feel for your teammates. Is the his lifestyle, I mean, his, his you know, his partying, the club life, and then no sleep, wake up, score 50. Like, obviously those days are way over. Yeah. 
But is that caught up with them? Is it just you kind of heard the rumors of what put him on the outs with Kevin Durant was that he showed up to Nets camp out of shape. Yeah. You know, is that catching up with him at this point? He's had hamstring injuries each of the last few postseasons. That has something to do with it. Is that catching up with him? I mean, the guy's 32, which doesn't seem very old, but this is, it feels like a 32-year-old with a ton of miles on his body. Well, you know, like, you know, Rich Rich Eisen, host of the Rich Eisen Eisen show, the the big show, show, yeah. He said yesterday, I believe, you know, it's these guys taking care of their body because we all know we're all of a certain age. The way your body reacts and responds when you're 24, Man, shit hurts. Completely different when you're <laughs> yeah, 34, right? Like, and when you and my lord, if you when you get to 44, it's just like, wow. Like, yeah. when did when did I take still chair shots to my back because, <laughs> like, they hurt. So you know, at some point, guys, and we were talking about this yesterday after the show. At some point, you have these athletes, right? And they're supremely athletically gifted, right? And they are so good. You know, God has literally reached out and blessed these, these these men and women with such athletic skill that a lot of times, a lot of them don't do the little things to make them good and ensure that they have continued success, right? A lot of times people will rely on their physical abilities. As you get older, though, your your athleticism will always tend to decline. You know, LeBron being like an outlier, like it's just ridiculous what he's been able to consistently do at such a high level but for most people you you have to make a decision when you get to a certain age it's like do you continue on the path you're going on or do you make changes that you know help change your body to help you do a little bit better as you get older and especially when you're an athlete like that's tantamount like you need to do these things to to ensure that you're going to continue to play your sport at, at a high level and it you're right I mean I don't know what James Harden's doing we, heard, we know the rumors and we know yeah, the innuendos. Yeah. I'm not sure. He could be in the gym right now for all I know. But it does seem like all those years of the, all the stuff we heard, the strip clubs and this, that, and the third, and the late nights, and I see him on yachts and Marina Del Rey in the <laughs> offseason. Maybe it is caught up to him because the James Harden I'm watching, man, he's not the James Harden that I was watching two years ago dropping 39, 40 points a game for the Houston Rockets. It's just not the same guy. He seems a little tentative. He seems a little not sure of himself. Maybe it's the hamstring. I don't know. But it's definitely not the same James Harden. That I, Not the James Harden I was expecting and hoping. Yeah, and, I'm sure you guys are like this too, Adam, when I go to games. I like to get there a little early. I like to watch warm-ups. Yeah, always. And, and NBA warm-ups... Well, you know me, Chris. I have a little time issue, so I rarely get there that early. I know. To see CJ, warm-ups. I mean, <laughs> you show up late to your own funeral, right? Uh, NBA players are not like us when we go out and shoot around. No. Okay, when we go out and shoot around, if we make 40%, maybe 50% on a good day, maybe 70% from the free throw line, man, I'm psyched. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm at that point in my hoops life where I'm psyched by that, right? NBA players don't miss in warm-ups. No, even like it, the worst play, the people that you think are the worst players yes. in the entire league don't miss during warm-ups. So, uh, right. in 2008, during that Celtics championship run, I knew you were going I went to <laughs> I went to a bunch of games. I went to a bunch of games that year. Boston was like 90 minutes from my house. I went to a bunch of games. By far, the quote-unquote worst player on the team was Brian Scalabrini, okay? Didn't play much, right? You can look up his stats from that year. I only watched Scal in warm-ups. Only watched him because it was fascinating. I never saw him miss a shot, ever. Ever, ever, ever. He never missed a shot. So a few weeks ago, 
Philly was playing the Clippers out here, and we went down, we took Cage, we thought that was a good idea. It wasn't. <laughs> don't, bring, don't bring your toddler to an NBA game. He made it one quarter. We left after the first quarter. But we were there super early because uh, Staples opened early, or crypto, whatever, and we went in there and we walked around. Warm-ups was happening. Paul George was getting a workout in. He wasn't back yet, but he was working out. Embiid was doing his thing. It was really cool to see how big that dude actually is in person. Mm-hmm. We, we were pretty close to the, to the floor. Harden comes out. He's wearing the sweatpants. He's wearing the long sleeve, tucked in tight, big headphones. And he's going through his pregame shooting drill. He might, might have shot 35%. Like He was just really? missing everything. And I thought that was so bizarre. Because whenever I've gone to games, I've been going to NBA games for 20 years. Guys never guys shoot ninety percent in warmups. It's crazy how good they are, and James was missing everything, and I just thought it was so weird. I'd never seen anything like that before from a guy who is an MVP in this league. I, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. Maybe he was just screwing around. I don't know. But even when guys screw around in the NBA, <laughs> they still make everything. Yeah. I, I just couldn't maybe get. I couldn't get past it. Maybe it's a confidence issue. I mean, this guy has always played with a lot of confidence, but maybe after a few games, he's not playing that well. He starts to get into his head, and he's yeah. never really had that before happen. Well, so playoffs the, wise, though, Adam, he that's I think the issue that does happen. It with does him happen playoffs. to him in the playoffs, right? And that's always been kind of the one knock on James Harden. It's, well, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. But I was saying in general, like him just like kind of falling off a level. Like yeah. he's always been considered like the one superstar, but now it's like, well, maybe he's like the second. I remember or third a few best years player. ago, I don't know if it was Daryl who said this, Daryl Morey, or just maybe someone on first take or somebody was just like, yeah, he's the greatest two guard scorer since Kobe and Mike, you know, and then it's just like you look at some of these games and he's just like an afterthought. I mean, if he doesn't change his lifestyle or whatever is 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 happening for him, it's always going to be a a a problem with his resume, with the fact that so the postseason he, stuff, the postseason stuff. It's yeah. you have you know he's being compared to Kobe and and Dwayne Wade and Michael in terms of scoring, and it's yeah. like, well, those guys all stepped up and won championships in the playoffs. If he can't even make the finals, like with, I mean, well, he did with OKC, but. If he can't win, he was a six man back then, yeah. though. Not, yeah. a, you know, he was the guy in Houston. They came so close. You know, Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. Maybe they do win the title that year. Who knows? And one of a, you know, a great what if. But obviously, the Nets thing was an unmitigated disaster. Mm-hmm. And now he forced himself out to Philadelphia. And man, we talked about this too. Like, if they somehow lose this series, oh my, I can't even think about the domino effect that that's going to have for this team. And across the league. Doc has to be fired. If, if the Sixers lose a series, Doc has to be gone. You can't keep him if, you, if you're up 3 nothing and lose. You just can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. And, and TJ, I mean, I don't want to say this about your team. I don't even really want to speculate. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to lose. I imagine they'll go to game seven, but they'll probably win at home. I, I have no idea. TJ, have some faith. I man. have no Come idea. On, TJ, I, have no I, mean, idea. I believe in the Sixers for this round. I, I want to, like I said, of course I'm rooting and I want to believe. But, but Doc's but like, gone. Harden's gone. A lot of the role players are going to be gone. It's really just Maxi and Embiid after that, right? If they well, somehow lose. But also, you, you, one of you guys, I think it was one of the two of you brought it up earlier when the trade happened, and I was like, look, guys, there's only 24 games yeah, for them yeah, to jail. So I would, I, you know, I would hate. I'm hesitant to say blow it up. 
yeah, when this o- team overreacts, hasn't had a full season. But three and zero, that that, that oh, bro, that puts you in the history books uh, on the in the history wrong books. end of the history book yeah. forever. So you know, it's hard to say what would happen. I mean, you know Philadelphia, and you know their fans. Like my lord, I. I'm hoping it doesn't happen because yeah. things will burn and people will, will <laughs> horses revolt. will get punched and yeah and 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 you know crumbum guy will be making more videos and <laughs> you know I'm just I just gotta hold faith I'm I'm not I'm not really I'm not really thinking that we're gonna win this game six I just something in my mind says this is gonna go seven I know, now I, think so too. I hope I'm wrong but it's just kind of where where my head's at with this team yeah you know but we'll see we'll all right see. speaking of disappointments the the Brooklyn Nets. Wow. Uh, well, first of all, let me say this, and I hate this. It, 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 it like it's yeah. loathing. It makes it's me want to vomit. I know it's going to hurt you. Like, okay. I, and, and you know, Adam, you know, sometimes you like we it. just say random stuff, yeah, right? You and sometimes it. you don't believe the yeah. stuff that you say, but you say it just on the slight, just way out there chance that you might be right. You could be like, "Oh, I said it," and if you're wrong, no one's going to remember it. You know, we all do stuff like that, right? Uh-huh. You know, just take culture. Come on. Yeah, but but I'll say this: Chris Brockman did say that this. Celtics would sweep the net, sweep the nets, and he tweeted it. And I'm, one, I think I'm about to throw up in my mouth. It's okay, but it's he did, fun. he did say it. And I don't know, I don't believe that he really, in his heart, believed it. But he said it, and he tweeted it. So it's that. So <laughs> congratulations, Chris Brodman, your Celtics swept the nets. So. Chris, did you bet on that? Did you bet on a sweep? Yeah, yeah, sweep? I took, I took the sweep bet. It was a big payout, oh. which was super nice. <laughs> And uh, okay, so you put your money on it. Yeah, it's one of those things. You put his money. It is one of the things you just kind of say. Like this, I think Suns and Four guy kind of started everyone going. You know, my team in four, which is pretty funny. But they were the better team, top to bottom. They were arguably the best team in the league since mid January. And uh, I didn't think it was possible when you watch them the first few months of the year. It took a lot of time for them to get used to Ime Odoka's system. Ime called these guys out in the media, which I don't think a lot of them are used to. Uh, the rumor stuttered up again of the trade. Trade Jalen Brown, break up Tatum and Brown. What is Marcus Smart doing? Is he really your point guard? Robert Williams, is he really a guy that can anchor your defense? Do they have enough shooting? Remember they had Dennis Schroeder at the beginning of the year? Yeah. I mean, that was a nightmare. Josh Richardson, that, that, I mean, that was a nightmare. Get it, but, you know, he got rid of those two guys. Brad made some really good moves. And uh, here we are. A 4-0 sweep of Brooklyn, who are, you know, title contenders when the season started. A uh, team with a lot of drama around it. The Ben Simmons thing. Nobody ever thought he was actually going to play, right? That, that was all just kind of <laughs> BS. But very happy. Obviously very psyched as a Celtics fan. We've seen Tatum kind of really launch himself into the you know, top eight maybe discussion, whatever, however you want to rank the best players in the league. I think you have to include uh, Jason Tatum in that conversation now. I believe he will be first team All-NBA this year, if not second team. Obviously a massive accomplishment to be considered a top 10 player in the league. Marcus Smart, man, defensive player of the year. Say what you want about this guy. I've said plenty about him over the years. You know, not all great stuff. <laughs> he take, I mean, he makes my shot selection look phenomenal. Like, this guy just takes every bad shot known to man. But he's really smartened up his play. He had 20 points and 11 assists in the closeout game against Brooklyn. He's really turned into an amazing, not a, maybe not amazing, but a very good point guard in the NBA. Obviously, he was Defensive Player of the Year. And, you know, now Robert Williams is back, and now... Presumably to face a Brooklyn team, I mean, a, a Milwaukee team without Chris Middleton, perhaps for the whole series. I don't know why there's any reason the Celtics can't win that series and then 
if Jimmy Butler is really banged up, maybe a banged up Heat team in the second round in, in, in the fi- in the conference finals and maybe go I don't know. I'm trying to keep my expectations kind of limited here, but <laughs> it's a team that can win the championship. And I think that's really exciting because when the season started, that was not, not any of our expectations. No. So. I remember on this podcast, we talked about when we were ranking the Eastern Conference teams, they were not even a team that we thought would be in contention no. originally. We, no. we had no. that in that like they were like, six, five, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I definitely disrespected them a little bit. Yeah. But I think I think when we when the podcast started too, it was kind of rightfully so. Like, what had they really done to earn your trust to think we can go into Milwaukee and win a seven game series? Yeah, we, we had them around that fifth spot, right? Like you yeah, said. it was like so, five, yeah, was, six, something like that. Fairly accurate for like you said for the time. But so. it was one of those things too. Could they go into Philadelphia and win a seven game series? Because yeah. Philly's kind of had our number this year, and they don't really have anyone to guard Joel Embiid. But when you watch the way they play perimeter defense Man. and the way they switch on the wings. Uh, I mean, take away Kyrie's 39-point game one, basically didn't do anything in this series. Kevin Durant, aside from the game four, didn't do anything in this series. What was the last time you saw Kevin Durant get his shot blocked? Right. I mean, and Tatum really did happen. it multiple times. He tried to laugh it off when they asked him about him just to not really piss off Durant. But I just never seen a team play, you know, the kind of team defense that they did against Brooklyn. And now they're going to go against a, kind of a one-man team now in Milwaukee without Chris Middleton. And kind of like you said before, Milwaukee's going to really need those wing guys to step up. Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, McConaughton's going to have to hit some shots. So it, it's fun. It's a, it's it's fun. And then nice. Now we got a little rest here. Hopefully Chicago can win a game tonight. Don't count on it. <laughs> kind of keep that series going. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 sitting pretty right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, Celtics it's, Nation yeah, is fun. sitting pretty. It's too. been fun to watch. Those were those were man. They were all close games. All four games decided by a total of 18 points. I mean, Chicago had a 30 point win in, in, by itself. So those were tight, exciting games. Definitely conference finals, NBA finals types games, which. You know, can only help. That just adds to your experience of playing in that environment. Hostile road crowd, your home crowd's into it. And, and it gives uh, the Celtics a ton of confidence. Ton of confidence. Knowing that they could beat a team that had two of the arguably top 10 best yeah. players in the league. And they beat that team. Not only did they beat that team, they destroyed that team. Yeah. yeah. So now going against Giannis doesn't seem so insurmountable. And talk about the domino effect, too, by the dismantling of them. They now send Brooklyn into an offseason of man, what changes do we have to make? Are we going to fire our coach? Are we going to break up the supporting cast around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Like, now Brooklyn has this big offseason of, like, whoa. It's kind of like the Lakers. I mean, I kind of, like, jokingly threw out that poll question, but, I mean, is Brooklyn a bigger disappointment than the Lakers this year? Mm, That's tough. I mean, I'd say the Lakers are more of a disappointment because they couldn't even make the play-in game. Like, that's just, like, so pathetic. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's really pathetic. It. Like, yeah, it's no, like nobody thought that they wouldn't even make the play-in game. So I'd say they're a little more of a disappointment. But the fact that the Nets couldn't win one game in the first round, like I had them going. I assumed actually Ben Simmons would come back for games, at least game three and four. I thought he would play right when the trade happened. <laughs> yeah, we knew that was going to happen. No, but didn't you think that possibly it was like, look, it's a Philly thing. I don't want to play there. I don't want to play there. I don't want to be with this team anymore. I don't want to be with Joel. I don't want to be with Doc. Now I'm in Brooklyn. Great. I'm back. I mean, I, th- I thought he That's was. That's kind of what I thought. I thought he was going to play after that away game in Philly because I said there's right, no way right, this right, guy right. will play in Philadelphia. There's absolutely no chance. Right, right, right. His head will explode. 
but I thought he would at least play towards the end of the season and get warmed up and ready uh, for the first rounds. But no, he's just chilling in his lambskin outfit on the bench. <laughs> you know, it, and it's funny you brought that up, Adam, because we talked about this on the big show yesterday. Like, normally, you know, a lot of times people like to get on social media and when a player doesn't wear, you know, blue jeans and, a, you know, a, a, a tank top, then any type of dress that people look at it will be a little too out there they have issues with, like the Cam Newtons and people, you know, that type of dress. So a lot of people were getting on Ben Simmons about his outfits for this playoff series. And I don't care. Like, I, I feel it this way. You know, if you've worked your butt off enough that you can afford to wear something that, you know, makes you stand out, do it. But in the case of Ben, when you know everything you do is being scrutinized <laughs> and you know everyone's going to be looking at you, you're sitting there on a sideline with everyone dressed in black and you're looking like a pack of Skittles and you're just, you're real, and, and you're seven feet tall and you're sitting there and you got, you, you know, your ankles are exposed from the calf down and you're just, you know, that's the outfit that you choose to wear. It's like you're not really trying your best to blend in. You you know that eyes are already on you and it's just, you're inviting more scrutiny in, is all I'm saying. So I don't know what the problem is. If it really is a, you know, a me mental issue, then by all means, do what you ever you need to do to get yourself right but it's just like sometimes you he put himself in a position by doing some of the things that he did just by the clothing he wore that allowed people to continue to pile on him and yeah it's just like, like, kind of like we talk about it's optics rich talks yeah. about it all the time everything is optics and if you're on the bench you know kind of look at quote looking ridiculous when you're supposedly getting your mind right getting your health right getting your physical well-being right what are you doing? Yeah. And again, like I said, he didn't, I, he didn't even show up to game four. He, oh, he wasn't even there. Game three was really? the Skittles game oh, where, where, he, where he was wearing all the weird colors. Because we thought there was a chance he could play in game four. Then once they lost, there was like, there ain't no way this dude. Yeah. Why is he coming back there. when it's three? Oh, yeah. And yeah. you have to believe that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are upset with the fact that have he didn't to. play. Have to. Because yeah. they you know, they, they have a, a limited amount of time left in their prime years. And essentially, this year was wasted in part because Ben Simmons couldn't play in this series. Oh. It's a part of it. They could, yeah. I, I really think that they could have won the series if he would have played in the end of the regular season and then been ready for, for this playoff matchup. And the fact that he couldn't even do one game, it destroyed their chances. Good point. But if we're going to blame put blame on anyone... It's not the guy who was there for 24 games who hadn't no, played that, all year. That, like, true. if you're going to point fingers at the Nets, then you got to – all fingers need to be pointed at the point guard. Yeah, of course. Because Kyrie. Like, I, and I'm not one to sit here and tell somebody, take the shot, don't take the shot. But, like, when you say, like Brockman said the other day, when you're claiming that you guys did everything you could possibly do. We exhausted every avenue. exhausted every avenue. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't do <laughs> things that you could have done right. to have, one, got you – more ingrained. I don't know how many games Kyrie played this year, but it wasn't even half of them. So how can you even have chemistry? I'm willing to bet the chemistry, like the only thing pH balanced in that Nets locker room was the shampoo. Okay. <laughs> like, let's just be honest. I don't know about the chemistry there. And if you're going to point fingers, obviously it can't be at Ben Simmons. Cause he came late. Kyrie, Kyrie, it was a Kyrie yeah. circus all year, and I'm Kyrie sure played yeah. 20, he played 29 games. 29 games, and I'm sure KD, 
who could have gone anywhere, right? He could have made his decision. He could have stayed with Golden State. They probably have two more rings. He could have went everywhere, anywhere. I don't think his heart was in playing for the Nets, by the way. I really believe his heart was probably into playing for the Knicks, but that was a whole crap show in its own. So he didn't yeah. go there. He kind of stayed in New York and went to Brooklyn. I don't know how much he feels like, you know, this is his spot and this is where he wants to end his career. I know he has an extension. I don't know how he's going to get out of it, but... I don't know. I just feel like we can, you know, we can crap on Ben Simmons, but the majority of the pile up has to be on Kyrie. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if, you know, maybe he wouldn't. He's active on Twitter right now. He's going after everybody. Uh, I don't wonder if he would ever admit that, you know, hitching his wagon to Kyrie was a bad idea or if he has any regrets over that. Yeah. Brock, you got to think, right? Because. You're with Golden State, and yeah, people were chirping, right? They're Who like, cares? "Oh, you're not the bus driver, blah blah blah." But here's but the thing: he was Finals MVP he both was, years. No matter what you say, and the fact that we even have to defend Kevin Durant and his basketball ability yeah. from online trolls is amazing to me. I don't care how much basketball you've watched; Kevin Durant's one of the twenty greatest players that you've ever watched. I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure. Oh, sure. For sure. He's for top sure. 20. Yeah. So yeah, sure. you, you look at all that. If he would have stayed in Golden State, right? Yeah. You were going to always have the people say you hitched your wagon. But like we said, he was the best player on two championship teams. Yeah. He could have stayed there forever. They were just no, kept winning. You know, but no, the but Draymond thing happened. So we don't know. Right. You know? An ego, it's yeah. an ego thing because the, he let the Kevin Durant is sensitive. No matter what he says, Kevin Durant is sensitive. He let the trolls get to him. Yeah. And the trolls constantly said, you had to ring chase. You had yeah. to go yeah. chase with Steph and Draymond and Clay. And so I think in, in his head, he wanted to prove he can be the guy, the number one guy on his own team. And he hasn't proved that yet so far. So I think that deep down inside still bugs him to this day. I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're probably right. All right. And, but my point being, like, you know, things could have been different for Kevin Durant. He could have just could have been turned off. You know, that's the other thing. When people talk about a lot of crap online, you know what I do when I'm annoyed with Twitter? I don't go on Twitter. It's really very simple. It's not that hard. He like can't, He can't do it. I, I, I was annoyed. I'll be honest with you guys. When the whole situation with Colin Kaepernick leaning, and we can move on after this, Colin Kaepernick, I said leaning, kneeling, I'm sorry, happened a few years ago. People on Facebook who I was friends with were expressing their thoughts on the whole kneeling thing, and I was like, that is not even remotely close to what this man is talking about. And I got to the point where I, I started to find myself annoyed with people. So instead of fighting with them or making a grand gesture, I simply went to the page and I logged off. I said, I can't deal with this. And I stayed off of Facebook for three years, right? It's not that hard. Like you don't have to pay attention to the mouth breathers and they're out there and they're, they're going to outnumber you. And you, it's a fight that trust me, you can't win because there's bots upon bots upon bots. And this algorithm will allow this hatred to come spewing in from people who, or from people who aren't even real and accounts that aren't even real. So it's like, you know, I think Kevin Durant secretly likes I think he does like the, the smoke. The hate, the hate, though, and he likes... But it's exhausting. He totally does. It's exhausting, though, because, like I said, it's a fight that you just simply can't, can't win. win. All right, let's move on real quick, yeah. because uh, we haven't even talked about the West Yeah, yet. let's move to the West. And now. the West has two amazing series going on right now. So let's start with Memphis and Minnesota, and I'm just going to throw it out there, and then we can react, and we're going to overreact because it just happened. 
But was that the greatest in-game dunk ever by Ja last night over Malik Beasley? Ooh. I mean, that's a stretch. Ever? That's a stretch. He murdered that man. Yeah, but there's it's been... There. It's It's a great dunk, but to say it's the... Think about the amount of times that we've seen people get bodied. I mean, it's up there. I can't say it's the greatest. It's, no. not, it's not better than Vince Carter. No, definitely But not. is it no. number two? It's not better than LeBron when... Remember when LeBron... Um, the Trailblazers game? Yes, the the Portland Center. Why am I drawing a blank oh, on his name? Nurkic? Nurkic, Nurkic, yeah, and yeah. I like him too. LeBron put he bodied that man. Like the the chalk outline is still there. Okay, yes, true. Go, but go back but, and watch it. But that's a that's a big man. That's six nine. Yeah. Okay, Jaws like. 6'3". Yeah, maybe. Soaking yeah. wet, 150 pounds. And the way he brought the ball back. The way he yeah. cocked it back. Boom. Like that one Those... picture, the ball is so far back. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he just hammers it. it. And the amazing part about that dunk is usually when somebody tries to do that, they either miss a dunk or it's an offensive foul. Right. And he's done it a lot, Adam, where he's yeah. gone up and missed many oh, yeah. dunks because... But where he took he goes off. for it. And where he, he took off. He took off half a foot inside the dotted line. It was crazy. The but one... I... oh, sorry, sorry no. go ahead, Adam. The one dunk that I... Is my personal favorite. This is going way back. Was Scottie Pippen over Patrick Ooh, Ewing man. in 1994? Where he dunked yeah. over him, he threw him to the ground, he stepped over him, and then he looked at Spike Lee yeah. and said, "I mean, then you also have know, like the Tom Chambers one. on Mark Jackson dunk, where he put his knee in Mark Jackson's sternum, and Mark Jackson's sternum actually elevated Tom Chambers up another three inches, and he cocked the hammer and just crapped on him. That's one of the greatest. I mean, there's I know, so, it's really hard, but I know in terms of recency bias, recency bias that's the best like, dunk I've seen all month. Ever. It okay, was crazy. <laughs> it was ridiculous." And the fact that, like, get to that game, right? The, going back and forth, the lead changes. Cat hits a three. T Wolves oh. up thirteen. He's blowing the kiss as Ryan Leaf, who guest hosted today, guest hosted today the show, said it was really weird the way. But I figured out maybe it's because these NBA players, their hands are so big, that's why their fingers go up so looks, high when they're trying to shush like you. Yeah. You know, and then Grizz come back, and then you know Jaw scores, and then. Anthony Edwards in that corner three, the pass Side by the McDaniels, oh. that bounce pass was so sick. Yeah. Caught Ant in the corner, bam, hit the shot, and then Jaw came down. That whole game was bananas. Yeah. Like, think about that Jaw dunk, right? That was end of the third quarter. Mm -hmm. They're down 13. Yeah. Like, hey, we need a good shot. No, I'm going to posterize this dude. <laughs> yeah. And then that started a whole run. The whole like, run, yeah. Jaw scored the last 16 points in the game. He was missing everything early, he had missed a ton of free throws. And he just took over. God, it just watching that game also just makes me think about Zion too. Of just like what we're yeah. missing by Zion being out these types of performances. Ja just obviously way he's way ahead of Zion in terms of the best player in that draft. Mm -hmm. But Memphis is such a fun team. This is such a fun series. The, the Timberwolves love nothing more than blowing double digit twenty point. Like, <laughs> How many leads are they going to blow? This series should be over by now. Like, they should have won in four games, five games maybe at the most. But credit to Memphis, their coaching staff, their players. They have great, tough-nosed guys. Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain. Um, who's the other shooter? Brooks. Brooks like, these guys Jaren are Jackson really fun and gritty. You know, Jaron Jackson fouled out last night. Like, man, they just never quit. They never say die, and they're really fun to watch. Again, though, you know, the Timberwolves were a play-in. They technically shouldn't even have made the play up. So yeah, true. to say that they should have. They're, they're, they're talented, so talented, but I'm saying to say that they should have win. Well, I'm won, just saying just by like, the games, they've had leads in every they have game. Had, yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's kind of what They I just make dumb that. mistakes and dumb decisions every game, it yeah. feels like. Yeah. I think they're, they're a more talented team. I think they have 
Obviously, well, you called them the upset. Yeah, before and, I, yeah. And, yeah. and who knows now? I'm still gonna go with it. I'm still gonna say Wolves and seven. Just, okay, just well, to, why not? I can't. I don't want to flip flop. Um, but yeah, you're right though. They should have won the series by now. With it feels how like they it. Played. Yeah, it feels like it. But all that matters is playing tough and playing smart at the end, and they haven't done that though. Yeah. They've shown their their lack of experience big yeah. time. And yeah. another thing about this, real quick, you know, we have a we have a group chat for the the basketball podcast, and I text you guys. One thing I like is the aesthetic of the Grizzlies. I like <laughs> the matching yellow tights and the, the shooting. It's a great look. Because one of the weird things about me is like one thing I don't like, and I always loved this as a kid when your uniform. Your sneakers would match, match your, your, your your main uniform color. Like that was always like I used to love that. That was a big thing. And now when you got guys who like wear green uniforms but like pink shoes or yeah. and not, not that I dislike pink. I'm just like or have red uniforms but well, like your also, shoes are orange. Even Chenzo like, does it. He wears when when Milwaukee wears the green. Uh-huh. He always wears bright red shoes that don't match. Yeah, I just like, come on. Yeah, I, so I and I'm not saying no one in Memphis does X and knows that the sneakers don't match, but at least they got like their tights, the shooting sleeves, the, the yellow like this. So yeah, I like their aesthetic that I'm they got back, going out. Back there. to the the '90s Bulls. I remember for all the '90s playoff games, the Bulls would all wear black shoes. They would never wear black in the regular season; it was all white. But once the playoffs hit, every single player wore black shoes, yeah. and that was a thing. So I kind of like that, like. The Memphis is kind of doing a similar thing with that with the yellow tights. Yeah, I dig it. I, I like cool. said, I like. Yeah, their the matching teams. is cool. They're a really fun team, and also, man, Phoenix is is in for it, right? I mean, New Orleans, a lot of credit to them. They play so tough. Brandon Ingram, I think, has launched himself kind of into superstar status as well. Uh, CJ McCollum, we didn't know what that move was going to look like. We didn't know how it was going to work out. He's been awesome. He's a walking bucket. This Alvarado guy. <laughs> Might be my favorite uh, player from the playoffs so far this really? year. Really? Yeah. He is crazy. He's like a little Tasmanian devil yeah, out got, there. You got to like guys like that, man. It like, and it goes back to our Patrick Beverly conversation where Brockman yeah, right, has right, issue right. with Patrick I Beverly. Pat Bev. but, <laughs> but Adam and I are like, look, man, you need a Patrick Beverly on your team to be successful. And it might be a guy who might have far more talent than Patrick Beverly. Like I said, Kevin Garnett, if he wasn't Kevin Garnett and had that body and that build, he would be a Patrick Beverly. Marcus Smart is a Patrick Beverly. You know, the, the Draymond Green is a Patrick Beverly. You know, these guys are more talented basketball players, granted. But that mindset that we're going to hound you for 94 feet and you're not going to get anything easy. And you know what? No, normally you can check the ball in and walk it up and not worry. No, I'm going to dog you. And that's what this kid from New Orleans has, man. Like that still, we had a Chris Paul when Chris does his famous, like palm the ball, which never gets called, but it kind of could no, get called. Never. And he stole the ball at the end of the game. And he just, he was in Chris Paul's Jersey. Oh yeah. He, he made him do like, an eight second count. Yeah. It's just, he's that kind of kid, man, who like you know what if i'm on that court like i don't know what his background is i'll probably research it now because i didn't know we were going to talk about it but i'm telling you he's a kid probably came from a low d1 school didn't have many offers i think Prob- he grew up in queens okay he grew up in queens so he's gritty probably, man and, gritty, and he's yeah. coming and he's not afraid and he said in the post game he goes mad respect to chris paul but like i'm here i'm here to make a name for myself well, he played at georgia tech okay 
I like his sneaky maneuver where he where he, he hides like, in the chases corner. You from behind. He hides, he hides yeah. in the corner, he, and he's he's made it work a bunch of times. Chris Paul got the hang of it though. He's like, get get out of my face right now. Yeah, Chris. I mean, it's not like he's doing really all that much out there. He's only playing. I mean, he played twenty minutes last night. That was the most. Yeah, he's but Chris that's a hard twenty minutes on I mean. whoever yeah, he's yeah, guarding, yeah, yeah. man. Like you you're not having an easy twenty minutes when that kid's out in that court. It's, a, it's amazing because the Pelicans right now are playing significant minutes to three rookies. You have him, Herb right. Jones, and Murphy. Yeah. And so that team is competing with three rookies playing. I don't. I can't remember if that's ever happened before. By the way, I'm a Herb Jones fan too, man. I like this kid stretch. plays D rebound stretch. Yeah. Got those go go gadget, you know, plastic man long arms and stuff. And he's fun to watch. Herb Jones is another one of those guys where, like, you get yourself a few Herb Jones on your team, you're you're gonna do well. And I, I just keep going back to looking at this and thinking, if Zion was playing right now with Devin Booker out, I think this series would be a completely different story but i don't know what the zion deal is fellas i'd love to see him out there and if for some reason if the pels are able to beat phoenix you gotta get this man some minutes i don't care if it's five minutes a game you gotta get him on that court is devin booker coming back for game six I, someone, it was like a three four week know. injury right someone like, tweeted sure, that he yeah. might come back yeah I don't, I don't think he's coming back i kind of i'm kind of with howard beck uh, he was on the big show today with ryan I think this is going seven. I think New Orleans wins. I think both go seven. I think New Orleans yeah. wins game six. I think Toronto wins game six. I think we have a couple of uh, first-round game sevens. New Orleans, Toronto, and what about Memphis, Minnesota? I think the Grizz close it out. I think they go up to Minnesota, win game six. And then what's the other one? Dow- I think Dallas wins Dallas. game six. I think that's over, too. That is pretty much Luke the is most. On a, Luke is on another level. That's an unpredictable series yeah. right there. That Dallas series, I don't know what's going on there every game. but it's, I mean, it's Luke, Luke pulling all the okey-doke stuff on Gobert, and then you know they had the camera close-up where he's like, can't, can't guard me. <laughs> this mf or can't go <laughs> that's luca man he talks mad trash man. i love luca luca's luca's our larry bird right now and by he the really way is. yeah luca like and luca's another guy right we talked about james harden and like his lifestyle the year that off season that luca Doncic decides you know what i'm, I'm work, going I'm to work out. work out i'm gonna stay i'm not gonna go home i'm not gonna smoke yeah. stogies and drink and eat i'm gonna stay in dallas and maybe work with yeah. you know cd lamb's trainer or something like that yeah, when somebody. luca decides that he's gonna put it down with chris brickley it is going to be all bad it's gonna be all yeah. bad Luke, it's already I'm gonna, all I'm bad i'm gonna hit the weights i'm gonna get shredded yeah. like the guy has no muscle tone like he's just kind of out there but it, nobody can stop nobody him. nobody can stop him yeah he plays like old man ball in a, in a weird way he's not fast yeah, and the thing is, like, he can continue this lifestyle. Obviously, it might ca- catch up with him. But the difference between hi- him and Harden's game is Harden relied a lot about speed and power, and Luka's more crafty. Yeah. So, obviously, he definitely needs to, like what you said, TJ, he needs to get in better shape. He needs to work out. But I guess he can afford more than somebody like Harden to not work out as much because he relies so much on his IQ and, and his craftiness. Yeah. yeah, but by saying that, you're saying that James Harden – See, that's the, the argument sometimes people use. Like, you say Luca with his ID and Harden with his athleticism. Harden, no, Harden's crafty. Harden's very Harden, crafty Harden and is, has a high basketball IQ. Harden is crafty, you know? but he, a lot of the times he would use his quick first step, though, to get to get ahead of people. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just an argument that sometimes people use that I wanted to, like, put a pit, like deflate that to say, well, this guy, he, he's a high IQ guy, and this guy will – He's just athletic. Like, I know that's not what you meant. Yeah, they're both high high IQ guys. And, yeah, James Harden is very crafty. But I'm just saying, in terms of athleticism, he relies way more on that than Luka does. 
I would Granted, say Harden, I'll give you that. I would say Harden's much more athletic at his peak than Luca is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Harden's also one of those guys. He's like, I feel like he's, he's like he's underrated, strong. Yeah. Well, some I forget who was calling the game the other day was saying that about Harden. Like you would not thick. understand and believe how strong this yeah, guy is because yeah. he's sneaky big. Like you're not sure how big James Harden is, right? Is he six three? Is he six eight? I don't know. Like <laughs> right. he's six five, which you know he just falls in that category where you're not is he just two forty. Is, yeah, is he two fifty? Right. Who knows? But the guy gets to the rack. Well, he used to get to the rack at will, and I wish. And that's kind of the problem with yeah. him. He's lost that first. Step lost a that bit. First step, yeah. All right, uh, we've been talking for a long time. Just quick predictions. Oh, I um, guess we're gonna just ignore. Might as well Golden State. I think we all agree that. I think that's that over, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I think that's pretty. Much I think over. it's over tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, all right, so those are over. We think. We think Toronto, Philly goes seven. Unfortunately. We think New Orleans, Phoenix goes seven. That's I'm tough. going. I'm going to say Phoenix closes it out in six. Utah and Dallas go seven. I'm just trying to get how yeah, many how I, many we think goes seven. I think that one goes seven. So do I. Yeah. And then Minnesota and Memphis seven. Yeah. So, so going back to Minnesota, right? I'm, yeah, I'm going to say, Minnesota yeah, right I think Minnesota so we gets get this three one. game sevens. That's exciting. All right. We'll have that to talk about. All right. Let's do winning time in like five minutes because we've already been here long mm-hmm. enough. We didn't talk about it last week. So episode seven and eight winning time. We're now into the thick of the NBA season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul West, Paul Westhead has got his ground, him and Pat Riley doing the coaching thing. Yep. That's been kind of fun to watch. They're in their groove. Magic NBA star. We went to the all-star game. We had, uh, we saw him talking to Dr. J. Mm-hmm. Dr. J kind of, kind of played him a little bit. That was kind of fun to watch. Uh, what'd you guys think of these two episodes? Any major problems? Why do you, uh, you, why you think Dr. J this? played him? I thought Dr. J was trying to kind of embark some wisdom. Well, he was all, no, but it was doing the, he was doing the thing of like, let me be nice to you, and then <laughs> okay. let me rip your heart out during the game. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of the Jordan Jordan used to do that. Uh, Good point. Who else? Uh, oh, uh, Jerry West was talking to, uh, to Magic about how um, Bill yeah. Russell used to do that to Wilt. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. When he came I, to thought lo- that, I thought that was really cool. That that, was, uh, I'm that sorry, was a, Chris. That was a really cool scene. You're right, and I, I'd completely forgotten about that. That's, so you're right. Yeah. That is, I guess, Jerry saw a doc doing that. I guess maybe... Obviously, I didn't see the good doctor doing it that way, but Jerry did. And that was a great scene when he came in the locker room and just like, look, you know, and he kind of gave Magic some, you know, gave him some game. Essentially, what do you want to do? Are you going to be a killer or you want to smile and make everyone happy? Mm -hmm. Because apparently that was remember, that was Jerry's thing from the episode one. He thought Magic was too happy. He thought he smiled too much and he couldn't be a killer. And that's kind of what Kareem said, too, albeit for different reasons. I, I really love that scene with Kareem and Magic's dad. Uh, yeah, over Christmas. That yeah. was really cool too. Um, what did you guys think about this? Uh, these two episodes. Any major issues? I know I have one major issue, I but an, I, I have an issue. Okay, what do you got? I don't think that Doctor J looks at anything like the real Doctor <laughs> J. <laughs> yeah, and I know it's tough to cast these people, but the fact that they did such an incredible job casting Quincy Isaiah's Magic, and he looks so much like him. Then I saw Dr. J and I was like, this guy looks like he's like a 45-year-old dude. Like, he's 51. Yeah. And it's James Ledger. Exactly. An actor <laughs> yeah. who's been around for years yeah. and years, been in a lot of stuff. I happened to met him, a few great guy. But yeah, it was just like, Dr. J, okay. But I was, you know, I, I, I'll sit back and just, yeah. you know, buy it, I guess. <laughs> but I think for me, my, my major issue with these two episodes now that we're into the NBA season and uh, the playoffs are coming up uh, on the show is... 
I don't understand having to just make up the games and the scores. Like, none of that stuff is real. Like, they're talking about the road trip after Christmas. That didn't happen. Like, they, they make it seem like the first time the Lakers play the Celtics is right after Christmas in Boston. Well, that's not true. They played in December mm-hmm. in L.A., and the Lakers blew them out. And then the next time when they played in Boston, Magic only had one point, and that game didn't end on a Michael Cooper alley-oop. Yeah. It ended on Norm Nixon shooting free throws. Like, I don't know why there's so much drama in the truth. Why do we have to kind of fiction up fake scores and fake games and fake road trips? Like, I think for me, just when we have all the information available, like we can go on basketball reference and see exactly what happened, when it happened, against who, how many points they scored. It's really easy to find out this information. Yeah, but I guess like, why did they choose to do that? I think that's my major issue with what's going on. And I see what you're seeing, but I mean, a Magic Johnson one point game on TV is not going to be that exciting. So I'm sure that a lot of these games are maybe compilations of different games. I get why they do it. It just makes it more exciting, and it kind of maybe makes the story flow a little bit more free. But I, I, I definitely see yeah, what you're saying, especially when just, we can go back and be like, right. well. But then that brings us to the point. We have to understand. This is a, it's a TV show. TV show. It's a TV it's, show. You know, not a documentary. It's a docu series. And I can so. I can see why people that like Jerry West and Magic would be upset with, especially Jerry West, because the average person that doesn't even look up stats or really what happens, like you know, at least we're looking back and seeing what what really happened. Right. They just assume, even though it says, yeah, this is a drama, they assume everything is real. That's just how people are. Yeah. Pe- people yeah. there are people who watch TV who think those people on TV are like real doctors in real life if they're like an actor you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. so of course they're gonna think everything is the truth that's happening in this and so i can see why jerry west is upset with what's happening with him because yeah his, his of course i can understand i'm sure off. if i was jerry west I, I might be upset as well but to put to try to take it so far as demanding a retraction from hbo that's and, a little too much yeah yeah i think it's a little over the top because it, it's a tv show i mean i, I guess I guess TJ, you pointed out too. Like we are rational people who understand how <laughs> yeah. TV and Hollywood and all this stuff works. And you know, Joe Blow doesn't. Oh man, Jerry West, that guy was an a hole. Well, I mean, that didn't actually happen. He he didn't throw his trophy through the. And obviously, window. Like, I don't think if his was... office didn't have windows. <laughs> Great know? point. So it's like yeah. And obviously, if Jerry West was a monster, he would not have been chosen for the logo, right? Like, that's just one right. thing that's not going to happen. You're not, right. if he was as bad. And by the way, if you notice, after the first couple episodes, it's kind of been smooth, a little smoother. I thought he's been great. His portrayal, I think, has been awesome. Yeah, so maybe that then. was it, Chris. Yeah. Maybe it was like you got to Jerry West. He's still, like, not over these losses, which right. obviously ate at him. And he's got all this pressure. He doesn't want to coach, but he knows he's good at something. Yeah. And it's more of evaluating. So maybe that, you know, we're, we're going to see that roller coaster where he was so hot and just so angry, but yeah. now he's like, all right, I'm settling into like, this is my lane and right. I'm good at this and I can do this. And as we know, in the last 30 years, he's one of the best yeah, of ever, all time. Ever do it. Yeah. yeah. What, what I really liked about the last episode was the acting of Jason Siegel. His yeah. inner, you could see the inner turmoil yes. he had in terms of, should I take over this? this team with Pat Riley or should I give it back to the guy who started this and Jack McKinney? And I think Jason Seal did an awesome job. Same with Adrian Brody yeah. Yeah. Um, is trying to figure out what exactly they should do. And, you know, and Pat Riley was the devil on his shoulder saying, you know, this is our this team. Is this our is team. Our team. Yeah. And I think 
he was right, I think, Pat Riley. Oh, yeah. But you could see how conflicted. Yeah, that... of course. Yeah. Because that guy brought you there, yeah. right? You know? And and also that scene where Jack comes in and he talks to Paul, right? And he's telling him about how, like, you pick an assistant and you don't want to have a guy who's just there to be your lackey, right? He said to him, he goes, and you know why I picked you? Because you basically saying that, like, you didn't have any, what was it, like, any... Like yeah, thoughts he, was, he wasn't of, a threat. You weren't a threat. Yeah. Like you weren't that smart. Not you the guy. You're yeah. not that guy. So yeah. I could choose you to be. And like that had to be tough because cold. this guy was sitting there. He really wanted to hold it down for you. Yeah. He knew what the right thing was, even though they were having all this success. Yeah. It was killing him because he knew he knew what they were doing yeah. was right. But he also knew like, well, this is his system. He brought me here. I wouldn't be here without him. That that conflict. You're right. Yeah. Jason Siegel did a great job. And that was tough to kind of see him get dressed down like that because, yeah. you know, Jack had to feel like, you know, he comes in the locker room, they're whipped creaming each other and they're having fun. And he's like, yo, this is my team. I put this together, you know, and then the whole situation with Spencer Hayward, like, oh, yeah. man, that was rough. Like Pat going, look, we could get Bob McAdoo and him being like, no. And then telling Spencer while they're at his house. Yeah, that was messed up. Man, and it put Spencer rough. in a spiral when he started smoking crack after yeah, that. Yeah, that was tough. That yeah, was tough yeah. to watch. That. I, Adrian Brody as Pat Riley is so good. Yeah. yeah. I, I love I love him as Pat Riley. Yeah. yeah, he's doing a great job. And you talk about the devil on his shoulder. I mean, and history has shown that Pat was right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we know in a couple of years, Pat takes over and off we go. All right, that's going to do it this week. We've been talking long enough. Uh, enjoy the games. They've been awesome. Let's hope they can, uh, stay that way. Uh, and we will see you guys next week. Adam, TJ, great job. Thanks, guys. All right, take care, everyone. Later. Later.